Don't worry, um, church family, I know time uh, is rapidly moving on. Um, I have prepared something slightly shorter this morning because I knew that God would use that, um, that moment, that uh, conversation with Javin and Roya to really, really encourage and challenge us. So thank you for all um, that, that you've shared with us. Simon, if anyone has any questions, maybe they could come to you um, and you could direct them towards further information um, that we might have to follow up in prayer and, uh, and support as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we're beginning a new series this morning called Blessing Begins with Hunger. And to say that this is burning within my heart, that would be an understatement. I really do believe that, that God is, is leading us to think um, about what it means to be hungry for Him, hungry for His Word, hungry for His presence among us. And what a way to begin this series that, that we're embarking on by hearing um, your story, Jawad and Roya. Thank you. And what a great way for us to begin. Why don't we turn to Matthew 5? I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 5, the first 12 verses. Perhaps familiar in, in many ways. Um, the Beatitudes Jesus preaches on the mountaintop. We're going to read these words from Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to verse 12. This is the word of God. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were with you, or sorry, who were before you. Amen. We thank God for his word that is for us, um, his word that speaks to us every single time that we open it up. In Jesus' sermon on the mount, in those moments that we've just read, Jesus preaches what is a radical, counter-cultural message about the blessed life, about what it means to be blessed. And I'm sure every single one of us want to know what it looks like to be blessed, to live a life of blessing in the Lord. And in this moment, Jesus addresses a number of beatitudes. He teaches us about what it means to be blessed. And one of those beatitudes states this in verse, uh, verse 6 of Matthew 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I believe we've already heard 
a little bit of what that looks like, of what it means to pursue righteousness. And whenever we do that, whenever we pursue the heart of God and His righteousness, there will be a filling. There will be a sense of contentment because we are found in Him. There's a blessing that comes through knowing Him and His righteousness. When Jesus speaks about righteousness in this moment, I believe that He's referring to at least three things. Because the righteousness of God is this deep, this desire for righteousness is a deep longing to know the righteousness that is already ours in and through Jesus Christ. In Him we are made righteous. To seek His righteousness is to seek that which is already ours in Christ. We're made righteous in Him. And we praise Him every time we consider His righteousness. But I think secondly, it's also a deep longing to be holy as our God is holy. We seek His righteousness because we know that the heart of God is is pure holiness. And we're called to be holy as He is holy. I think thirdly, this longing for righteousness is also a deep longing to see righteousness promoted in the world within which we live. We long to see the kingdom come. We long to see the righteous reign of God in our world here, in Northern Ireland, in Afghanistan, in Canada, and across the earth, the righteousness of God. We want to see the kingdom come, and the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness. See, that's what Jesus teaches us to be hungry and thirsty for. In Matthew chapter 5, he doesn't say blessed are those who hunger and thirst for an experience of God. He doesn't say blessed are those who hunger and thirst to be in a massive crowd of God's people. He says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be blessed. In the Bible from beginning to end, there's this beautiful correlation between blessing and righteousness. I remember whenever I was a teacher many, many years ago and in those wonderful days when my summer was my own and I was kind of free, Caroline, dear lover, she was working. Um, I was lying at home with my feet up most of the time during the summer um, after I'd cut the grass or done whatever needed done around the house. I remember this particular summer having all this time in my hands. We had no children at the time and, uh, and, and I was just really hungry um, I still am, you'll be pleased to hear, really hungry for God's Word. And, and I remember that particular summer, I wanted to find out what the blessed life looked like. I wanted to know what God's Word would tell me about where blessing was found. And so I began at the beginning of the Bible and worked my whole way through to the very end and spent the whole summer on this journey. And do you know what I found? I found that there's this wonderful, beautiful correlation between the blessing of God, and the pursuit of righteousness, the pursuit of holiness, the pursuit of the heart of God. That's what God's Word teaches us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So this morning, I'm going to kick off this series I'm thinking about this moment in Matthew chapter 5. Three big thought headings for the next 10 minutes or so. Here they are. Blessing begins with hunger. Too full to be hungry? It's a question. 
And then the gap is the gift. Blessing begins with hunger. I truly believe that in our world, people are hungry. I believe that people are spiritually hungry. Although I also think it's true that for many of us, we kind of know what we ought to desire. And yet, if we're honest, we kind of, you know, realize that it's really hard. Lord, I want to be hungry for your presence. I want to be hungry for your word, but I'm finding it really, really hard. I'm finding it really hard to get there. Or maybe for some of us, we might even be thinking, you know, I don't even have a hunger for God's presence, if I'm honest. I don't really have any kind of appetite for his word. I've maybe even lost that desire and hunger to worship with God's people. Something needs to change, Lord. I know it does. I know that there is a lack of hunger in my life. As human beings, we all get really hungry physically. It's not just me, sure, it's not. We get really hungry sometimes. We can't wait to open the fridge and devour whatever's in there. Um, We get hunger, pangs, or whatever it might be. But hunger is also something that we can experience spiritually. It applies in a spiritual sense as much as it does physically. You see, without hunger, there will be no appetite. Without an appetite, there will be no feasting. And without feasting, there will be no deep contentment. It all begins with hunger. I believe that blessing begins with hunger. You've probably caught this by now, but I am pretty obsessed with, um, with the history of revivals and awakenings and great moves of God in the past. I've probably said this before, but growing up in my teenage, late teenage years, my dad for my birthday would have bought me like a, a book on revival. It was kind of in his heart. Um, and he would have handed me these books that were diaries of, of, of ministers and pastors who were around at the time of some of these great awakenings and, and great moves of God. And it, it, it sort of recounted what went on in those days. And um, what I've come to learn is that um, great moves of God throughout history have been marked by many, many things, varying emphases. We see confess, uh, confession of sin being at the heart of every move of God, confession of sin. We see a a renewed desire for personal holiness. We see a purified and restored sense of worship among the people of God. We see a restored dependence upon God for all of life. We see a revived heart for corporate unity within the church, beautiful, sweet harmony and unity amongst God's people. We see prayer, prayer, and more prayer at the heart of every move of God. We see signs, wonders, and miracles. We see a propelling outwards on mission from the people of God when they encounter him. Great missionary movements began because God moved in the hearts of hungry, hungry people. But when you strip it all back, where does it all begin? It begins with hunger. Begins with people being hungry for God, hungry for more, hungry to see God move. The Ulster Revival of 1625, it was known as the Six Mile Water Revival. And by the way, that's this area. That's this part of the world. This church, um, I need to do a wee bit more checking on the history of this, but I would imagine that on the back of that revival, this place came into being. I hope I've got my dates right. Carmoney Church came after that 1625 revival. Somebody will probably keep me right after the service and tell me exactly what happened. 
But back in the 1625 Six Mile Water revival, that move of God, it was marked by intense prayer and faithful preaching of God's word. Here's what history records. Preaching and praying were so pleasant and hearers, listen to this, the hearers were so eager and greedy that no day was long enough nor any room large enough to answer their strong desires and large expectations. The people were so eager and greedy, greedy for more of God's presence, hungry for God's word, greedy to see God move in power, and God moved. There was a hunger There was an appetite. People wanted more. Blessing begins with hunger. There are many barriers to spiritual hunger. Let's be honest. We can easily list them. We can easily go through them. You know, it's it's just that season of life that I'm in. I'm so busy. The season of life that I'm in. My kids demand so much from me. I get it. I'm too busy. I'm too stressed. I'm too preoccupied with all of the demands of life that are put upon me. Or maybe you're sitting thinking, I'm just too worried about life. I've got health concerns. I'm worried about my elderly parent. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about our well-being. I get all of that. Life can be really tough. But what if the biggest barrier to spiritual hunger is that we are just too full to be hungry? We're just too full to be hungry. Children are notorious for making the same mistake over and over again. Children eat too much junk food before their dinner. Maybe some of you do that as well. They eat too much junk food before their dinner, and when it comes time to eat properly, they've no appetite anymore. Their appetite is gone. They're full but they're full of all kinds of other stuff, all kinds of other junk. And if we're honest about our lives, life can be a little bit like that. We live in a day of great abundance. Thank God for the provision that we have. Thank God for for the food that we have on our table. Thank God for the access that we have to so, so much. And I'm not just talking about food. The access that we have to everything else Our lives, if we're honest, are already full. We're full with our jobs, and we thank God for our employment. If we're in employment, we're full with our work. We're full with our family life. We're full with all of our wonderful pastimes. We're full with all of our children's pastimes as well. My goodness, my feet don't hit the floor. I am out that door and away, boom, boom, all over the country with my children. We're full of activity. We're full of our children's activities. And any space that's left, if we're really honest about it, any space that's left, we tend to fill that up as well. We fill ourselves up with our social media feeds, with our favorite online apps, with what we binge watch on television or on YouTube, whatever it might be. But I agree with the pastor who said this. He says, the greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but apple pie. We all love a bit of apple pie. It's not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven, but it's endless nibbling at the table 
of the world. It's not just poison that takes our appetite away. It's apple pie. It's the good things of life. The sheer busyness of life. The sheer list of activities that we have to get through in life. We're endlessly snacking and nibbling all around us. For some of us, it's just pure junk. There's stuff that we consume that is just poison for our soul. But oftentimes, it's apple pie. It tastes good. It's not necessarily bad. It's sweet. It's good. But either way, it's killing our appetite for what matters most. We've no room left. We're too full to be hungry. Too full to be hungry. My deepest desire for this series that we're embarking upon is that we would become aware of our appetite that we would become aware of what we're consuming, that we would become aware that maybe we're too full to be hungry and some stuff needs to go, that we would become aware that blessing, the blessing of God begins with how hungry we really are for what really matters the most. God, I believe, is looking for hungry people with hungry hearts. And I want to be among a hungry people. I want to help lead us into greater spiritual hunger. And you know what? As always, it begins with me. I'm in a season of prayer where I'm asking the Lord, make me hungry. Father, may my heart become even hungrier for more of you. May I desire your word more than ever before, your presence, your power at work among us. Lord, we want your blessing, but we want to be hungry for who you are, for your word that is for us, for your presence among us, for all that you would have in store for your people. And then finally, the gap is the gift. This is, I'm stealing, I'm stealing a, a thought from John Tyson, New York City pastor, who says this. He says, the gap is the gift. The gap is the gift. The distance between what you want in your life and where you currently are is the thing that creates the hunger. That gap between where we want to be and where we currently are, that gap in between all of that is a gift because it's into that gap that God wants to move. It's in that place of desire that an appetite for God will rise up within us. I wonder, do you long to be filled? Do you sense that gap? You know that you want to be here in your spiritual hunger, but if we're honest, you're kind of over here somewhere. Well, I want you to see that gap as an invitation to step into a deeper hunger and a deeper desire for what God has for you in your life. The gap is the place where hunger begins. And so as we begin this series, we pray that the Lord would stir up a spiritual hunger in our hearts, but that in that gap, as we move towards hunger, that we would ask God that we would be those people who would, who would pursue righteousness. Blessed are those who pursue righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's a promise. We will be filled when we run after the righteousness of God. And so we're asking God in this season, in this series, to generate that ever-increasing hunger and appetite for more of him. Jesus himself said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. When Jesus said that, what Jesus is speaking of 
is life in all of its fullness. Man shall not live fully or woman shall not live fully. We will not experience life in all of its fullness. That spiritual life that God wants to give us, that he has for us, life in abundance, fullness of life. Man shall not fully live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. I'm going to invite our worship team forward. Thank you for staying with us. We're going to sing um, and worship God in response as we close out our time together. Why don't you stand with me? Um, let's stand together. Um, I really could. Uh, I could. You know me. I could preach on and on and on um, with this kind of stuff. I'm going to just stop here. I hope in your heart there's a hunger. I hope I've just whetted your appetite a little bit this morning. I want you to come with me over these next weeks. I want you to come with me on a, on a hunger journey. I'm going to journey into hungry, a journey into like a hungry heart for God. I want you to come with me as we go on this journey. Blessing begins with hunger. The hunger gap that we feel in our lives right now is a gift. It's a gift and it's into that gap that God invites us to step in. To step into that gap. It's not going to just happen, by the way. It's not going to just happen. He wants you to step in to that gap. Say, Lord, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming hungry after your heart. Isaiah 55, let's just come before God in prayer. Let's, let's bow our heads before him. In Isaiah 55, Isaiah writes, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? Why labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good, says the Lord. And you will delight in the richest of fare. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, Lord Jesus, you are the bread of life. We thank you for everything we've heard this morning. Lord God, we are about to embark on a journey that will take us deeper and deeper in our hunger for more of who you are, more of your word, more of your power at work among us, more of your presence. Lord God, as we look at our own lives and as we sense that gap between where we actually are and where we know you want us to be. May we see that gap as an invitation, the invitation of your spirit to step closer and closer in the pursuit of righteousness and a hunger for all that you would have for us. Lord God, make us hungry. Make us hunger and thirst for righteousness. As we respond in songs, we close out our time. 
Lord, may we in these moments of adoration and worship be drawn closer to you. May our song rise up and may deep within us, may there be a desire for more of you stirred within our hearts. Lead us now, we pray, Spirit of God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.